Reprobus, this is our group of thieves. This here is Kevin, that tiny fellow is Spencer, those two brothers are George and Doc, and I am the group leader. My name is Satan. Oh, well, nice to meet you, Mr. Satan. Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. Valhalla be praised. We hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurish best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James. Who do we have this week? We have uh, St. Christopher and Emperor Wen Sung. Is that right? Yeah. Wen Sung of Tang. Of Tang. <laughs> oh, those sound like some serious cats, my man. Uh, close. One was a dog. Uh, what? Come on, James. The show is called We Talk About Dead People, not, you know, a dog's purpose or whatever the fuck. Just be patient. Be patient. I am not patient. Not at all. So my vote is that we go down to the history lab and get started on these bastards. To the history lab. A powerful emperor with a eunuch problem. These men were born a long time ago and died a long time ago and did some things in between. Emperor Wen Tsung of Tang and Saint Christopher, two dudes with some major identity problems. So, uh, James. Yeah. If you were a if you had to pick me to be the patron saint of something, mm. what would you pick? You so Saint Aaron, the patron saint of Porta potties, <laughs> Come on. chariots. I'll give you that one. Okay, that's good. And beanie babies. Beanie babies. Okay, well, two, two out of three, not so bad. Mm. Definitely three out of three. Now, if I had to pick, you know, your patronage of sainthood or whatever, uh-huh. uh huh, you would be the patron saint of tall people. Oh, uh, the patron saint of cats that are assholes. Oh, at you yes. pickles. And uh, also porta potties. Oh, that's yeah. two of us. We can share that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> computer, please bring up Saint Christopher and Emperor Wensung of Tang. Affirmative, my lord. So, uh, speaking of patron saints, yeah. Uh, what? Tell us about this Saint Christopher. Sure. What so, is he best known for? Saint Christopher is best known as being the patron saint of bachelors. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, and about a million things as well, but bachelors is really what. what you know, stuck out to me. Uh, well, yeah. So, uh, uh, what did he look like? Well, uh, St. Christopher is an ogre who was seven and a half feet tall, well, was super strong, and had the head of a dog. Uh, well, I have uh, several questions. Those will all be answered. Just uh, hold on. Okay, okay. <laughs> but that's literally how he's pictured in most of his, uh, you know, stained glass portraits what, or whatever. With, like, a head of a dog? Yeah, and uh, he looks like a giant ogre or troll. Well, you'll have to explain this to us, because I've never heard of a patron saint that was also a troll and a Anubis, mm. I guess. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so, what is Emperor Wenzong of Tang best known for? See, and that's the thing. It looks like Wenzong, but it it's does. actually Wensun. Wensun. And I'm probably doing Shit. it wrong too, but it's it's not Wenzong. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing I'm the one who has to do them. I have to do all these Chinese names, and you know what? Mm, that's not so bad. No. It's just I'm going to mispronounce all of them. I apologize. In and advance. I don't even know where Tang is. No, or what it is. <laughs> it's a it's an orange 
juice drink. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so what is what is he best known for? Well, Emperor Wensung of Tang is best known for initiating what's called the Sweet Dew Incident, which was an unfortunate event involving lots of eunuchs and lots of violence. Oh god, that's all I'll say for now. Okay. What did the guy look like? Well, there are a lot of drawings of him, many of which are of questionable quality. The man himself looks fairly fierce, I suppose. He's got a goatee and a long mustache, rather large ears adorned with golden rings, and a kind of crafty look on his face. Okay. Best thing, though, is that in every single picture I found, every single illustration I found that is, they didn't have cameras back then. Oh, really? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> in every single drawing of him I found, he's wearing all different kinds of traditional ancient Chinese hats. Hmm. And one looks like a fucking castle on his head, and the other looks like a black bucket with a strap on it. But the one you see most commonly is this one that kind of looks like an Ushanka, you know, those Russian hats with the ear flaps. Right. Except this Ushanka is sort of like a backwards baseball cap with the brim flipped straight back up over his head. <laughs> uh, and the ear flaps stick way the hell out to the sides, kind of like a Nubian goat with a gland problem. What? Yeah, it's a whim is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Okay. So, a guy with a hat. Guy with a hat. <clears throat> Many hats. So, <clears throat> I say we just roll right over into St. Christopher's early life. Okay. So, go, James. So, to begin with St. Christopher... We don't really know when he was born. Well, we damn. also don't know where he was born. Oh. Uh, and he may never have existed at all. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll get to all, all that later. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But according to church tradition, and even this is sketchy because the Catholics and Orthodox Christians have different stories about this guy. Okay. Well, let's just assume they're both right, and that this guy actually existed, okay, and okay. blah, blah, blah. All right, right. Uh, so St. Christopher was born sometime in the late 100s or early 200s AD. All right. And was either born in Canaan or in Libya, depending on which denomination of Christianity you're from. Okay. <laughs> uh, but either way, his initial name was not Christopher. It was Reprobus. Reprobus. Re Reprobus. Reprobus. <laughs> okay. Uh, Repobus is what I, I liked. <laughs> Repobus. <laughs> Just rolls up and takes all your stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Reprobus grew up as a good little pagan boy. Perfect. But, you see, upon growing up, Reprobus was seven and a half feet tall. Whoa! And was super, super strong. So what you're saying is that he just didn't stop growing up. I guess not. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, thus, he decided he wanted to be a soldier or a servant for a king. Good pick. Yeah. But Reprobus would not just serve any king. He insisted that he only serve the greatest king there was. Ah. So he left home and began searching for the most powerful king. Uh. And I wonder who he'll find! <laughs> Aslan! Yeah, in a way. <laughs> we'll see. Yes. Uh, so let me tell you about Emperor Wensung's early life. Please do. Okay. So here's the old Emperor Wensung. He was born in 809, which should tell you something right there. He is dead. Uh, yes, he okay. is dead. That's one thing you could learn from it. But the other thing you could learn is, uh, you know, which is to say, oh, so shit. So here's the deal with people born in this era. There's not really much about their childhood. Mm. That just doesn't happen unless you were born after the 18th century. Okay. Uh, for the most part. Uh, so there's really not much about this guy as a kid. I couldn't even find out where he was born. So I'm assuming he was born in either Chang'an, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Luyang. Okay. Um, and I assume he was born in one of those two places because those were the capital cities of the Tang Dynasty, mm. which is the dynasty he was a part of. Oh, thus the Tang. Mm -hmm. Both were rather close to each other uh, as, you know, as well, sort of modern-day central China. Central okay. Modern Fuck it. I can't say lines, <laughs> damn it! No, but both of these cities were sort of like sister cities. They were very close to each other. And very important. Mm -hmm. very, okay. very important. Anyway, we'll probably need to use this section of the show to lay down some context for, uh, some context for Emperor Wensung's life. Uh, and let's start with this word dynasty. Yes. Mm. 
All I think of is Duck Dynasty. <laughs> yes, and you should not be thinking of Duck Dynasty. Shit. Okay, so now I thought at first that the word dynasty was just kind of some generalizing word for a period of rule for a particular royal family. Okay. Uh, it is, but it means a lot more than that in Chinese history and traditional Chinese culture. Hmm. And I just want to remind everyone that I'm no expert here, so don't quote me on any of this. But basically, in those times, there was this thing everyone kind of believed in called the dynastic cycle. Mm. Now, the dynastic cycle is a political theory uh, about what actually happens when a new dynasty arises. It goes something like this, and it has steps. So get ready. Oh, okay. Step number one of the mm -hmm. dynastic cycle. A new ruler unites China, founds a new dynasty, and gains what's called the Mandate of Heaven. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So the Mandate of Heaven is a doctrine used to justify the rule of an emperor, which is to say that the order and will of the universe has selected this emperor to rule. Wow. Yeah. So an emperor was not always selected because of their heritage, hmm. because of this. So in fact, a lot of emperors were just common men who were good leaders. Oh, sounds yeah. kind of good. <laughs> Step two, under this new ruler, China achieves prosperity. Hmm. Step three, the population increases. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, so, that's China. Yep. That's, oh, God. <laughs> well, they don't have a problem with population, and I think they know it. Yeah. So, well, they may have a problem, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So, uh, population increases. Number four, corruption becomes rampant in the imperial court, Ooh. and the empire begins to enter decline and instability. Hmm. Uh, number five, a natural disaster wipes out farmland. Ooh. Yeah. So, wow. the disaster normally would not have been a problem. Uh, however, together through uh, with co corruption and overpopulation, it causes famine. Hmm. Which brings us to step number six. Six, the famine causes the population to rebel and a civil war ensues. Okay, like you do. Yep. Number seven, the ruler loses the mandate of heaven. <laughs> if a ruler loses the mandate of heaven, it was seen as an indication that the ruler had fallen to corruption and was no longer the right person for the job. Okay. Didn't mean he never deserved it. It hmm. just meant that he was no longer the right guy. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the population decreases because of the violence. Ooh. And number nine, China goes through a warring states period. Okay. And 10, one state emerges uh, victorious, and 11, the state starts a new empire. 12, the empire gains the mandate of heaven, wince and repeat. Ooh, so yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and what's eerie about this is that's kind of what happens. Right. So uh, taking these steps, let's have a look at where our emperor Wensung might find himself in that cycle. Okay. He was born in 809, which is about 100 years before his dynasty would end. Not good. Yeah. So now the Tang dynasty lasted for about 300 years, which means that Wensung, uh, when Wensung arrives on the scene, his dynasty is two-thirds of the way up. Ooh. So does that mean the Tang Dynasty is two-thirds of the way through the dynastic cycle? Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, the second half of the dynastic cycle happens very, very fast, while the Got initial it. stages can last for a hundred years or more. Makes sense. Um, where we find Wensung is somewhere around step four, which is the one about corruption in the imperial court. Mm. So with all of that, imagine with me, if you will, what it would be like to be Chinese royalty at this time. The Tang Dynasty is considered to be a new height of a golden age of culture. Aside from some minor scuffles, things are just sort of clicking along in China. In power at this stage is an emperor named uh, Emperor Mutsung. Uh, hmm. Now, Emperor Mutsung had to wait a long time to become the emperor, so the first thing he does when he takes power after all this time yeah. uh, is crown nearly all of his brothers and sons princes, including Wensung. Okay. And by doing that, basically, he makes it so that his dynasty continues to last no matter what happens sure. to all of yeah. these guys. Um, but he doesn't last long. Uh, Mutsung dies after seeing a royal eunuch fall off a horse during a polo match. <laughs> what? Yeah, it disturbs him so much that he has a stroke, falls ill, and dies when Wensung <laughs> is about 15. Whoa. Yeah, okay. must have been a pretty bad fall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before he passes on, though, he names another guy to take his place. Hmm. And this new emperor is called Xingsung. And he was Mutsung's eldest oh dear. son. Yeah, I know. The names are going to be confusing. The names are going to be... Uh, so I'm going to be very careful about making sure you know who's here. Okay, okay so, good. Uh, Jing Sung is... Uh, Jing Sung. I'm 
fucking it up, I'm sorry, is pretty much the same age as Mutsun. Uh, in those days, the emperors had concubines and whatnot, so that could happen, uh, where you have a pair of sons born a few months apart. Got it. Uh, anyway, Jingsung was a little too young for this job, and the court knows it. Specifically, the court eunuchs know it. There's that name again. Now I know what you're thinking. Yeah? What the hell is all this talk about eunuchs? Well, in case you haven't watched Pirates of the Caribbean or Game of Thrones, a eunuch is pretty much just a castrated male servant in a royal court. Mm. And because of this, eunuchs were considered trustworthy and incorruptible, since they couldn't be seduced and whatnot. But also in China, they were pretty much just high-ranking civil servants, trusted because they literally could start, could not start a dynasty uh, and cause war or something. Right. So okay. you could trust them. Right. Yeah. They're not going to try to take over your, your thing. But that's what uh, that's that's what they want you to. Think. They're not going to take over your thing. They're not going to take. Well, they're <laughs> definitely not going to take over your thing. <laughs> they're not going to take right. over your dynasty. Okay. So anyway, Jing Tsung, which is uh, Wen Tsung's older brother, Wen Tsung's our guy, mm -hmm. uh, takes power and immediately does some very silly things. Oh, no. <laughs> First off, he gave a whole bunch of awards and presents to his favorite eunuchs because they were basically taking care of everything for him at this time. Okay. Yeah. Second, yeah. he spends loads of time goofing off at polo matches and feasts, mm. often forgetting about important meetings and things like that. Oh. Uh, oh, and he also conscripted tens of thousands of laborers to repair a fucking mountain! What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Oh, and there's actually a pretty funny story hiding here, too. So, Shing Sung is best known for being such a party animal that palace security was kind of lax. Okay. Nobody really knew where he was going at any given time. But a good bet was the polo field. Right. So, there's this fortune teller named Su, who's really good friends with this textile, textile servant named Shang, and gets a clairvoyant message from above that shows her <laughs> Shang sitting on the imperial throne and eating in the royal courts. Okay. Shang likes this idea <laughs> and gathers together a fucking street gang to take over the place. No. And they do! <laughs> and, and while they're there, Shing Song sees all this, and Shing Song's the emperor at this point. Okay. Shing Song sees all this madness going on and runs away to an army encampment uh, for the left Shen's army, <laughs> which gets the, so the soldiers all riled up to take back the castle. But meanwhile, Shang and Su are taking turns sitting on the royal throne <laughs> and eating all of the emperor's finest food. Uh, then a yeah. thought comes to Shang's mind. Uh, he wonders quietly to himself, what the fuck was he thinking? Right. <laughs> no sooner does this thought cross his mind that the left Shen's army rolls into the palace and kills Shang, Su, and the entire street gang. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, some of them hid for a while, but then they were caught. They were found. Yeah, okay. so anyway, let this kind of dumbassery paint the picture for what's going to be waiting uh, for Wen Soon when he finally oh, takes God. power. <laughs> so, Jing Song, uh, Jing Soon says, uh, Jing, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. He stays the course. Okay. He becomes great friends with the court eunuchs, polo players, and strongmen that he arm wrestled and lost after which he would exile them. Oh, come on. Uh, he starts doing this a lot, actually, and it scares people. You know, uh -huh. you're just getting kicked out for, you know, winning an arm wrestle. Yeah. So, uh, so one day, in 827, Xing Sung is having a party after a hunting trip. He's got his favorite eunuchs there, and he gets pretty wasted. Oh, no. Mid-party, he gets up to use the bathroom, goes inside, the candles are suddenly snuffed all around him, and he's murdered in the dark by oh, a polo God. player and some of the court eunuchs. Oh, jeez. Immediately, the eunuchs draw up a will for Xing Sung, putting Wen Sung into power. And Wensung's our guy, right? Wensung's our guy. Okay. Uh, and the response to this is almost immediate. The eunuchs are suddenly ambushed by the Shents armies and executed. Uh, one of the leaders of the assassination tries to kill himself by jumping into a well, but it doesn't work, so he's dragged out, broken bones at all, and publicly beheaded. Oh, God. So, uh, with all that, let's take a look at what we've learned, okay? Yeah, okay. We've learned that the court eunuchs were pretty much trying to run everything in the Imperial Court. Got and it. kind of were. Yeah. Uh, we've learned that Wensung saw his brother die at the hands of these court eunuchs, even though they pretended to be his friends. Mm. We've seen that both of the previous emperors, Wensung's father and brother, were terribly wasteful with their method of rule. 
Will Wensung learn from this? We'll find out when we come back. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, also interesting to note, this is beginning to look a lot more like step four of the dynastic cycle. Right. Corruption is everywhere, and Wensung definitely has his work cut out for him. Okay. So, I vote... Wow. I, I know, that's <laughs> a lot. Uh, I vote we take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about St. Christopher's adult life. I am going to become a eunuch. Good. <laughs> <laughs> And we are back to We Talk About Dead People. And when we left off, we were talking about Emperor Wensung of Tang and his whole deal. And now we're back. We're going to be talking about St. Christopher's adult life. Yes. Take it away, James. So, when we last left St. Christopher, his name was actually Reprobus, and he was searching for the most powerful king. Right. So, off went Mr. Reprobus to travel the distant lands in order to find the strongest king. He searched high and low, wandered near and far, and finally ended up at the palace of a worldly king who was rich, powerful, strong, and was not named. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but, powerful king. Okay. Uh, the two got along very well, and Reprobus was impressed by this nameless king who just seemed to have it all. Woo! Upon deciding that this man was the king Reprobus was looking for, he went to the throne room to swear fealty to the leader. However, during this ensuing conversation between Reprobus and the king, somehow the devil was mentioned. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how the devil came up, but I'm guessing it happened something like this. Well, Mr. King, I've come before you today because I have something I must declare. I've searched long and hard, far and wide, up and down, for the most powerful king so that I might serve him. Mm, yes, yes, very interesting. Anyway, mm. I have decided that you are that man. Mm. Your palace is filled with riches and unlimited doubloons. Your army outnumbers the stars. <laughs> Your palace is filled with riches and unlimited doubloons. Your army outnumbers the stars, and your beard is just utter perfection. Thus, I, Reprobus, wish to serve you until the end of my days. Oh, my beard is good. All right, that sounds fine. Please sign here on the dotted line, and my lawyers will take care of the rest. Awesome. All right. Uh, wait, this pen doesn't seem to work. What the devil is wrong with it? <gasps> what is it, King? You. You said devil. Well, I didn't mean it literally. It doesn't matter. Do not say that name, for even I fear the devil. Yes, it would appear that even though the king was powerful and rich, even he feared the mere mention of the devil. Oh, God! Thus, Reprobus decided that this king was not the most powerful king. Oh, shit. Reprobus... Reprobus? <laughs> Reprobus. Re <laughs> Reprobus retracted his allegiance to the king and began journeying again in order to find the devil, who was more powerful than any man on earth. Ooh. But luck was against our hero Reprobus, for on his journeys he was about to encounter a band of crafty robbers. Uh-oh! What a lovely day for a walk. Halt! Who goes there? One more step and the lads will fill you full of arrows. I mean you no harm, fellow citizens. My name is Reprobus, and I am simply on a journey looking for the devil. Have any of you seen the devil, by the, chance? The devil? Um, we might have some information for you. Come on into our secret cave and we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Reprobus, this is our group of thieves. This here is Kevin, that tiny fellow is Spencer, those two brothers are George and Duck, and I am the group leader. My name is Satan. 
Oh, well, nice to meet you, Mr. Satan. Likewise, Mr. Reprovis. Here, now let me show you a bit around the base. To your left is our armory. The second door on your right leads to the brewery, and if you step outside with me... Yes, this path here leads to our lookout tower. I'll take you there now if you like. Yeah, yes, that sounds just swell. Perfect. Now, just mind your step. There's a giant cross standing next to the path for some reason, and we like to avoid it. Uh, hold on, Mr. Satan. Why do you guys avoid the cross? Well, don't you know? Even we are afraid of the cross. Well then, Mr. Satan, I am sorry, but I cannot serve you, for there is somebody even more powerful than you. So yes, Reprobus learned that as powerful as Satan and his band of thieves were, even they were afraid of the Christian cross. This prompted Reprobus to find out more about Christianity and see whether or not this Jesus guy actually was the most powerful king of them all. Oh boy. Uh, his journey eventually <laughs> led Reprobus to a Christian hermit who held the secrets to Christianity. Oh, oh! Well, Mr. Hermit, I have. Wait, do you actually have a name? Why, yes, I do. My name is Philbert the Hermit. How can I help you? Well, Philbert, I am searching for the most powerful man on the earth so that I might serve him. My searching first led me to a great king, but he was afraid of the devil. So next I joined the devil and his gang of thieves, but he was afraid of Christ and the cross. So I'm here to ask you. How might I best serve the Christ King? Uh, very good question. There are a number of ways you can serve Christ, but I would suggest that you pray and fast. Uh, I appreciate the suggestion, but I don't think that I can do either of those things. Ah, uh, let's be honest. Fasting might do you a bit of good. How tall are you? Like seven feet? S seven and a half, actually. Well, that gives me an idea, actually. Because of your immense strength and size, how about you go down to the river and row people across? You see, a lot of people have been drowning out there because they try to swim across the river and the river overtakes them. But you're so big, I don't think the river could ever finish you off. Plus, Christ himself would really appreciate it if you helped those people from not drowning. Hmm. It actually doesn't sound like a bad idea. And if I'm serving Christ by doing this, then I will have fulfilled my mission. Splendid. This job does not pay, but it does include dental. So, Reprobus was baptized as a Christian, took on the name of Christopher, oh! and began rowing people across the dangerous river in service of Christ. Parf! <laughs> what? <laughs> Parf! Uh, after some weeks of doing this, Christopher would meet somebody who would change his life forever. Now hold on, James. Uh -huh. How much of this is just legend? None of it. None of it. <laughs> okay. So I'm taking oh. that most of it is legend. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> he's dead, though. <laughs> Maybe. He Maybe. might not have existed. We'll oh, get to okay. that later. <laughs> Shit. But for now, he's about to meet someone who would change his life forever. Perfect. 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 Hello, good sir. Would you mind helping me across this river? Sure thing, little lad. You seem pretty small and light. Uh, I'll just carry you across. Marvelous! Holy shit, you're heavy. How much did you eat today? Oh, I'd say about two fish and five loaves of bread or so. Well, you weigh a ton more than you look. In fact, you're getting heavier every moment. Well, don't stop now. We're almost to the other side. I... I don't know if I could make it. You're so heavy. Almost there. Just a few feet more. Oh. Oh. Well, we made it. But you have just put me in the greatest danger. 
I do not think the whole world could have been as heavy on my shoulders as you were. Why, sir, you had on your shoulders not only the whole world, but him who made it. I am Christ, your king, whom you are serving by this work. Jesus Christ! So yes, boys and girls, our hero Christopher had carried Christ himself across the river. No way! Yes way. Oh! The way. Oh. The way, the truth, <laughs> and the life. That's amazing! Yeah. Okay. Uh, so after revealing that he was Christ, the child vanished. Oh. And Christopher was overcome with piety and awe. Ah. Uh, from that day on, he swore to serve Christ until the day he died, because finally, he had found the most powerful king. Wow. Uh, and that is where we will leave St. Christopher until we return for his end and death. Okay, well... <laughs> I'm ready to just roll right over an emperor but Okay, soon. sounds good. Uh, because that's actual history! Hey, this... How dare you question the church! <laughs> it's a good... It's a good little legend. Well, we'll get into sure. the legend uh, later on. Oh, okay. But um, anyway. Okay. Let's talk about some eunuchs. Okay. <laughs> so, when we last left Emperor Wen he had just taken power after his brother had been assassinated by the court eunuchs. Right. Two emperors in a row had wasted their rule partying and making self-interested political advances, but Wen Tsung wasn't going to continue that legacy. Okay. Wen Tsung vowed to govern as best he could, talk with public officials as often as possible, and make the best of his years as emperor in order to atone for the sins of his bloodline. All right. It looks like the Tang Dynasty might come back after all. Awesome. So, <laughs> Wen Tsung honors his mother, his grandmother, and his brother's mother by making sure they were recognized as empresses. Huh. Um, but there were more trying matters at hand. At the time Wen Tsung took power, he was 18. Uh, there was a man named Ling Tong Ji, I think that's how it is. Okay. Ling Tong Ji, who had taken over, uh, taken power of the Henghai circuit without imperial approval. Okay. So he sent an emissary to Wen Tsung after the fact to try and get his approval, because he just took it. He without, just took it. Yeah, without yeah. telling anybody or asking permission. Right. But Wen Tsung would have none of it. So he sent his armies to surround Henghai, and after two years of war, Ling Tongji was defeated. Okay. At this kind of, uh, all these kinds of little uprisings are going on, uh, however, okay. involving warlords and dissatisfied members of the empire, hmm. and these scuffles are generally known as the New Lu factional struggles. And they're all very complicated and very difficult to consolidate. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to be a lazy bastard and tell you that it was all very bloody and involved lots of moving parts, and the outcome was just as complicated as the struggle itself. Right. The point is that Wen Tsung displayed himself as a capable leader in wartime, which increased his people's trust. But the other side of this was that Wen Tsung had not yet eliminated this drive toward factionalism that was taking place in his country. Yeah. Because, okay. you see, everybody wanted to start their own dynasties. And right, 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 right. right. Um, which, again, that's why they have eunuchs in power. Sure. So, uh, however, in 8 833, almost 1833, Jesus. <laughs> in 833, when Wen Tsung was just 24, he has a stroke. Ooh. Yeah, he survives thanks to the help of a great man named Sheng Shu, uh, who was an excellent physician, and the two actually became great friends. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so, interestingly, someone starts spreading rumor that Sheng is actually working on immortality pills for the emperor oh. uh, that are made of infant hearts. Oh. Uh, of course that's oh, bullshit, dear. but it happened because some guy was pissed off that he wasn't given more power. Oh, and sure. He, he was yes. exiled for it, yeah. So, even with all this going on, and lucky he wasn't executed, but right. even with all this going on, factionalism and division are taking root in China, mm. and Wen Tsung knows it's his job to deal with it. Sure. It's no easy task, though, and he says, quote, It is easy to destroy the warlords of the Yellow River, but difficult to destroy the factionalism among officials. Mm. And that makes perfect sense. Warlords yeah. are enemies, but factions are complicated and political. Yep. So, meanwhile, Wen Tsung decides it's time to take back some power from the court eunuchs, who are scattered all over the country, whispering in people's ears and doing all sorts of politically questionable things. Mm. And again, he 
he's kind of pissed off at him because they assassinated yeah. his brother. Right. right. So you get it, all right? So, yeah. So uh, Wen Sung comes up with this plan. He gets a dude named Wang Zhanyan and sends him out to make friends with all the powerful units in China. Hmm. Then he orders him to commit suicide. Which he does. What? <laughs> <laughs> so he's he goes out okay. and We're... makes friends with all these eunuchs. Right. right. Uh, and then dies. Okay. Okay. So... Wen Sung sets up a funeral. Oh, yeah. okay. And I, invites I like where all, this is going. Yeah, tells all the powerful eunuchs that Wang befriended um, that he's dead. And yeah. <laughs> uh, they he sends to them to attend. Uh, he okay. also sends poisoned wine to one eunuch who could not attend. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, a lot of eunuchs show up, and Wen Sung is having a meeting, during which a general named Han Yue, I think you, Han Yu, uh, is given a report in which he diverges from the report to tell Wen Sung that there was sweet dew on a pomegranate tree outside his headquarters. Uh, okay. <laughs> and this this is important because he's not supposed to break from his report, but... This, uh, this event is considered a divine symbol of favor. Hmm. And Wensung says he wants to see. So he let, uh, went to this place called uh, Hanyuan Hall, uh, which was conveniently nearby, uh, leaving all the eunuchs at the palace just kind of uh, standing around like, uh, what the fuck? Man. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so while he's in this Hanyuan Hall... Uh, shit hits the fan. Oh dear. Wensung's soldier just go to work on the eunuchs still left in the palace. Oh no. Now, some of Wensung's trusted eunuchs were with him at Hanyuan Hall, because uh, they carried him there in a litter. Okay. Um, and they start getting really worried, because they're hearing all <laughs> yeah. this shit going on just kind of vaguely, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Something was off. Uh, but yeah. one guy was so freaked out, he started, like, sweating a ton, mm -hmm. and a gust of wind blows open a screen, and everyone just sees these eunuchs being murdered by the oh, up at the God. palace. <laughs> um, understandably, the eunuchs with the emperor lost their shit, threw Wensung into the royal litter, carried him up to the palace, literally crashed through a fence. <laughs> um, at this point, they didn't know that Wensung had planned all of this. Right, right. that's so, what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, the eunuchs won the battle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, no. the emperor is there amidst all this carnage in the palace and is surrounded by angry eunuchs who are just as confused as One Song's plan. Yeah. Uh, apparently, though, he <laughs> One Song was so scared he couldn't speak. Oh. And they hadn't figured it out yet. They were like, the soldiers just attacked us. Yeah, what the what fuck? The fuck? <laughs> it's like, so, uh, anyway, <laughs> while this is going on, the slaughter continues oh, nearby. Dear. Uh, next on the target list for Wensung's men are all the corrupt officials in the city. Yeah. So they bash up a lunch conference and end up killing over a thousand people <laughs> over the course of the assault. Now, it's worth noting that the eunuchs have armies too. Oh, God. And they're pissed off. Sure. So they start taking over the capital of Chang'an. And the result of all this confusion is the exact opposite of what Wensung had wanted. Right. The eunuchs <laughs> physically restrained him in the palace and took even more power than they oh, had before. God. Uh, and this went on for a few years uh, <laughs> until some warlord named Liu Kongzhan uh, sends a letter to the eunuchs basically saying that they're committing treason by holding the emperor hostage. Right. <laughs> and remember, this is a warlord and he's like appealing to their <laughs> honor. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so they let him go back. They let Wen Soon go back to what he was doing before, but they watched him very, very closely. Sure. <laughs> uh, after all this insanity, Wen Soon was never the same. He became depressed, reportedly never smiled. Oh. And often mumbled at himself in public. 
And, <laughs> yeah, but my soldiers couldn't even defeat eunuchs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the eunuchs were powerful fuckers. That's, That's true. Really what? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he was convinced that he was going to be the last emperor in his dynasty, oh, which dear. is pretty sad. Especially yeah. after, you know, his dad died after doing nothing. His brother was assassinated yeah. after doing nothing. And then he tried to do something and took a step too far, and it all got fucked up. And he was trying. Like, he was trying to get rid of the corrupt officials and mm -hmm. the overpowerful eunuchs. Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's it's pretty divisive. That's I think, sad. Anyway, yeah. so I think we should go over to St. Christopher's End and Death because it's time. <laughs> it's yes. definitely time. So uh, take it away, James. All right. Uh, so we lost the St. Christopher after he had helped carry Christ, the one true king, across the powerful river. After this, Christopher continued to fight for the kingdom of heaven. Okay. He traveled to southern Turkey, where he helped encourage the Christians who were being persecuted there. Okay. Eventually, though, word got out about this giant of a man who was helping Christians. One of the local pagan kings decided that this must be stopped, so he sent two beautiful prostitutes oh. to Christopher in order to seduce him and lead him away from Christianity. Uh-oh! However, upon meeting the prostitutes, Christopher refused to have sex with them and instead converted them to Christianity. Oh. Wow! That's kind of uh, cool, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> Next, the king told Christopher that he must sacrifice to the pagan gods or suffer death. Oh. Christopher refused to worship the pagan gods, though, so the king had him killed. Oh, shit. St. Christopher was beheaded sometime around 251 AD in Antioch. Well, shit. So that's the official story of St. Christopher, but not surprisingly, there's a lot of doubt as to whether or not any of this actually happened. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of Christopher's story is much like the story of St. Menace. Manus? I don't know. Menace. Menace? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, this guy was an Egyptian martyr. Okay. Uh, so some scholars think that Christopher's story was just an adaptation of Menace's life. It's weird. Oh, uh, what's also interesting is that some of the story seems like it's kind of just straight up stolen from pagan mythology. Oh, fun. Which is classic Christianity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so for example, in the story of Jason and the Argonauts, Jason at one point has to carry an old woman across a raging river. As Jason continues to cross the river, this woman just gets heavier and heavier. Oh. Once they reach the other side, the woman reveals to Jason that she is the goddess Hera. Oh! So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather carry, Jesus or Hera? Oh, Hera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, but regardless of whether or not St. Christopher actually lived, he is well-remembered and loved by many Christians today. Orthodox Christians have a feast day for St. Christopher on May 9th, and Catholics celebrate him on July 25th. Also, the Museum of Sacred Art at St. Justine's Church in Croatia claims that they have the actual skull of St. Christopher. Whoa! Yeah. Cool! Uh, this relic has been in their possession for a while, apparently. In the year 1075, a group of Norman invaders lay siege to the city of Rab in Croatia. The siege was broken when the bishop put St. Christopher's skull on the walls of the city. Oh. <laughs> the invaders just saw the relic and left. What? It worked? <laughs> it worked! <laughs> it's crazy! Yeah, and that's actual history there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so further, St. Christopher is still a very popular saint. He is most famous for being the patron saint of bachelors. Yay! Which I guess comes from the story of him refusing to sleep with the prostitutes that were sent to seduce him. But he is also the patron saint of a million other things, all of which I will list now. Oh, perfect. Uh, St. Christopher is the patron saint of bachelors, archers, boatmen, soldiers, bookbinders, epilepsy. What? Floods, <laughs> fruit dealers, oh. fullers, gardeners, holy deaths, uh. mariners, market carriers, motorists and drivers, sailors, storms, surfers. Surfers? Toothaches. Toothaches? Mountaineering and transportation workers. What? <laughs> 
Well, that's great. They've all got a saint. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Uh, many Christian travelers will still wear pendants with St. Christopher on it in order to protect them. Yeah, well, he carried Jesus. Yes. What, what more do you want? <laughs> I guess. Uh, there's also quite a bit of artwork attributed to St. Christopher. Okay. Interestingly, in England, there are more wall paintings of St. Christopher than any other saint. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but his pictures are all over Europe. In them, he is often shown as a giant of a man holding a staff and has a child sitting on his shoulders, Aww. of course. Okay. And in Eastern Orthodox icons, he is often represented with having the head of a dog. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> we finally got to the dog head. Yeah, there. why okay. does he have the head of a dog? So this practice seems to have stemmed from an account during the reign of Emperor Diocletian, in which a soldier named Reprobus was captured in combat. Okay. The soldier was very tall and had the head of a dog, uh. which many Greeks believed was normal for certain Libyan tribesmen in the area. Uh, although what probably happened is that somewhere during translation, Canaanite was accidentally made to say canine, <laughs> just giving St. Christopher the Canaanite a canine head. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And the Latin words are very similar, so... <laughs> Wait, but in the Latin alphabet, Canaanite starts with an I. <laughs> Anyway, nevertheless, a lot of medieval Christians accepted the idea that Christopher had the head of a dog. Love that. According to the medieval Irish passion of St. Christopher, uh, quote, This Christopher was one of the dog heads, a race that had the heads of dogs and ate human flesh. <laughs> Similarly, a German bishop also claimed that Christopher was from a tribe of dog-headed savages who ate human flesh. Oh, God. Upon converting to Christianity, though, Christopher was given a normal human head. <laughs> like... You know, well, like, that's which, just what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> I had heart. the head of a dog until I converted to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, and I was literally it. Anubis. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's that. Wow, <laughs> that is fascinating. St. Christopher. Okay. Um, so I say we just roll it Let's right just over. do it. Emperor Wensung's end and death. Oh. Emperor Wensung never recovered from the sweet dew incident. Mm. Mm -mm. So he crowned his older brother's youngest son, Prince. But the eunuchs okay. didn't like that, so they sent out a new order under Wensung's name with a different pick, which was carried out. So they just basically subverted him. Right. No, no. Okay. Um, Damn it. Yeah. Wensung dies shortly after this in 840 at the age of 31. Oh. Things never really got politically for the Tang Dynasty, and it ended in 907. Mm. Despite all that, the Tang Dynasty as, is remembered as being one of the best. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, hmm. anyway. Uh, well, that's that. What a weird episode. Yeah. Oh, well. Shall we head to the surface? Uh, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, what are you going to do for the rest of the day, James? Uh, I'm going to drive a bus into a lake. Excellent. Well, what about you? I'm going to drive a bus into a lake. <laughs> what a coincidence. A coincidence? Or a miracle. Both. Well, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate mail to wetalkaboutdeadpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. We will read all of it and not along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash wetalkaboutdeadpeople. Even as little as a dollar, as much as it costs to buy a can of soda, helps tremendously. Our and if you can't do that, by the way, like and share, rate, subscribe. Yeah. Rate, subscribe, bros. Uh, our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www 
dot uh, ipatterson.com. Fuck. <laughs> I can't say it! No, it's uh, you can it's simple. ipattersonillustration.com. www.ipattersonillustration.com. That's www.ipattersonillustration.com. With all that being said, we'll close out. Let sounds of, I don't know, Slovakia play you out. Slovakia? Slovakia. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. We can go high. Okay. Hi.